Hey, Resistance Fighters, welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's all the Jedi now, it's my sister Marissa. They live in me. They live in me. <laughs> they live in you. Uh, Not in you. You're dead. <laughs> am I, who am I? And the, there are a lot of dead you're, people you're in Leia. this movie. You're Leia. That's your, that's your Twitter handle. Yeah, that I'm sorry. That is true. <laughs> At Leo Organa Solo. So The Good Place comes back this month, next week, right? Next week, yep, next week. Woo! Uh, The Good Place comes back very soon, but we would be remiss if we didn't recap 2019's most anticipated movie release, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, So we are going to do that, and uh, as we say at the beginning of all of our movie episodes, this is spoilers from the jump. If you oh yeah, turn seen, it off. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker, like I, you've probably been living under a rock. Uh, but if you haven't seen it yet, go turn this podcast off. Go out and see it. Uh, you can skip the previews because we had thirty minutes of previews. Thirty full Gregorian minutes of previews. <laughs> I checked my watch. Thirty three zero. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Yeah. So do, you think, do you think mom has seen it yet? No. No. I don't think so. <laughs> so you're I living under so. a rock or you are our mother. Or you are our mother who's just sort of like, you know, I've been busy, you know, <laughs> ple- doing laundry. And you're like, okay, mom. Um, doing my word puzzles. She did a lot of word puzzles. So we, we've been away for a few weeks. We missed you all. But we girls, had... Girls uh, need a holiday, y'all. Girls need a holiday. We I think we were a little over ambitious in our plans to like do some recording over the holiday when we were both home together. Yeah, um, you know, it's also it's rank- also just technologically tricky when we're yes. together. Yeah, wrangling the kiddos and you know all that kind of stuff. I think we just sort of and you know we like to just kind of hang and actually catch up with each other and. But uh, we missed you, and and now we're back. And yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, The Rise of Skywalker, (laughs) which, I mean, overall, I will say, like, overall, I enjoyed it a lot, but it's gotten, like, the reactions to this movie are so divisive. And I'm just going to give, I'm going to give my top line reaction. Okay. I enjoyed it, and it made no sense. Sure. That's my top line reaction. I enjoyed it. And it made no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I the first. So I I've seen it twice. Um, so I saw it opening night, uh, and I also saw it again with Marissa and her husband and um, my boyfriend. So I the so the first time I that saw was it, the twenty fourth. So we're like we're over yeah. a week out from having seen it. We should say. So yeah, my impressions true. are not as fresh. My impressions are not as fresh as we usually have impressions for this podcast. Yeah, but my so my first initial thing when I saw it was just like it is a relentless pace. It is a relentlessly like action packed movie, and it is also full of a bunch of stuff that I was just like, sure, like I you know that was <laughs> something would happen, and I would or like they would 
name a new place or they would say like, oh, we've <laughs> got to go find this artifact. And I'd be like, okay, like it, it just, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think too critically about it because I just wanted to enjoy the experience. I think mm-hmm. after sitting with it for a little while, I think I am a little bit more critical about it, but I, I really did enjoy it in the moment. And I think you're right. A lot of it doesn't make a ton of sense. No, but, it does not. And they also don't care to explain a lot of things. So, yeah. How do we want to... Do we want to, like, r- try to recap it? Or do we just want to... Oh, boy. I mean, very, like, 10,000-foot view. Yeah. Which is that, you know, there's one kind of plot. So, I guess the <laughs> the the opening line of the crawl is, The dead speak! <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Yeah. Palpatine's wow. back, y'all. <laughs> Palpatine's back. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's just... It, on the one hand, there's so much to cover. On the other hand, it almost doesn't matter. So, like, the kind of the, the A plot, I guess, nominally, is that Palpatine is back. He's, like, undead, basically. He's kind of like a Sith zombie. I don't really know what to call him. Because he looks dead when they find him. Uh, yeah. Palpatine is 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 has sent some sort of message across the galaxy. Whatever, he's back. It doesn't matter. The whole like alleged plot of this is that they like have to physically get to the place where Palpatine is. And by the way, Palpatine also has like a quajillion d like old style Empire spaceships. Somehow. Yeah, like a fleet that he's been building. He's he's on a place called Exegol. Which I, that was the first time I was like, sure, I don't, you know, like, cool. <laughs> you know, the um, secret Sith planet that we've all heard so much about. Oh, okay. Right, right. So there he's been amassing a following and he, it's unclear to me whether or not they are clones or what. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, how does he have staff for all of these starships? Sure. Like, there's just so much that just gets thrown at you with no explanation and no, like, underpinning. And you just kind of have yeah. to be like, yeah, this is happening. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. The Resistance, like, finds out Palpatine's alive, and it's like, we have to go get him. And then, so they just are on this, like, endless quest for this thing called a Wayfinder, which is, like, there's only two devices that will actually, like, take you to Exegol. And they're, like, little pyramid-shaped thingies, like, the size of your hand. And it's Again, just this sure, end- sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I watched. So everyone who kind of wants a critical take on this movie, Jenny Nicholson's video about it is incredible, and she sort of points out like what. So every time Palpatine orders like Grubhub, he needs to give a wayfinding <laughs> device to the driver. But whatever. So like, it's just this endless quest from Finn, Ray, and Poe of like we have to find this wayfinder device. And they go, like, hither, thither, and yon, just, like, looking and looking and looking. And where they eventually end up is a place, a planet where the Death Star crashed, which I don't know how that's possible, because I guess it's a huge planet, okay? I guess it's a huge, huge planet. And so the Death Star crashing on it didn't, like, knock it out of orbit or whatever. And they have this knife... (laughs) This was one of the things that was that was a, this was among the goofier parts of this. They have this knife that it's like inscribed with like Sith lettering, and that was a whole other like side plot of like the only way to get the Sith lettering translated was basically to like reboot C three PO, which was 
it seemed like a very heart-rending sacrifice at the time, and then they just back his memory up later, so yeah. <laughs> it turns out not turns out not to be a sacrifice at all. It's yeah. like, well, I'll just be dying for the good of the resistance now, and then like half an hour later it's like, hey, I'm back. R2D2 is like beep boop boop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you it's like you stepped off a ledge and you like fell and you, you broke your leg, but <laughs> You're not dead the way that you thought you were going to be. <laughs> sort of hobble in at the end. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. Right. So, right, C-3PO had to translate this Sith lettering on the blade, and it says something about whatever, but functionally, like, Ray <laughs> says something about whatever. <laughs> it does! And so what Ray ends up doing is there's this, like, hidden, like, pull-out, like, little, um, what would you call that? Like, a little, the way that you would, like, pull a tape measure out of a tape like measure container like she pulls this little thing out of a knife and it like matches the curvature of the death star and it like points to where the wayfinder is which is like the the throne room where palpatine and darth vader and luke had their sort of standoff at the end of uh jedi yeah i should say return of the jedi since there's now two movies that you could call jedi yeah and like so she goes there and it's an ordeal to get there and Finn is just constantly running after her, being like, Ray! Ray! Yeah. And I skipped he a whole part earlier about... In, that, in this movie. Neither did Bo. Like, I skipped a whole part earlier about... Oh, this is actually kind of important. I'll, I'll say it. Which is that uh, Kylo Ren is relentlessly stalking Ray. <laughs> like, Kylo Ren finds yep. Palpatine at the... The, op- the cold open is that <laughs> Kylo Ren <laughs> finds Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, great, go find Ray. And, and, and burn and her to me or, and kill to, her. Kill he her, right? Him, he like, kill yeah. her? Yeah, he's, okay. he says to destroy her. And he's also like, you don't know who she is, which I think is, you know. Dun, dun, dun. Probably the biggest so, thing we need to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. So earlier, before the whole part with the knife that is a tape measure, uh, <laughs> before that, they were on a planet and Kylo Ren tracked them down because he's always tracking Ray down. And... Somehow, you know, he and she get locked into this force battle over trying to pull this transport ship back to the planet because she, th- they, they, I think they both think it has Chewie on it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, it does not have Chewie on it, even though I don't even know how that's possible. There weren't two ships, but whatever. Uh, so she pulls at it super hard and then force lightning comes out of her hands and she blows it up. And she feels really bad about that, obviously, although <laughs> arguably not for long enough. And Kylo Ren's like, see, you're a Palpatine. And, well, no, he doesn't say that. He basically is like, see, like, (laughs) it's later. But he's like, he's like. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) All right. He says, like, see, like, you're not who you think you are. And she's like, I hate you. And, like, runs away. And then she's like, oh, I killed Chewie. I feel super bad about that. And Finn's like, it's not your fault. It's like, it is kind of is her fault, but whatever. Well, that's what she says. Uh, she's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, she's correct. She's been having visions of herself on the dark throne, on the Sith throne. So so let me skip back to where I was before, which is the, the tape measure knife. And yeah. so she goes, she finds the little wayfinding device on the remains of the Death Star. And then Kylo Ren catches up with her again. And, oh boy, I didn't set this up properly at all. (laughs) You really didn't. We skipped like swaths of this, like really big, important chunks. 
So, I, I mean, the biggest thing that sets us up is that we learn that Ray with the Force can heal things. Um, they run across like a like a big old snake, like a giant snake, and it's like super mad. And she's just like, "Oh, it's, it's hurt," and she goes over and she uses the Force power to like heal it. And Finn and Poe are like, "Whoa!" And she's like, "Yeah, NBD, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, <laughs> I can just yeah, kind of so transfer some. I can just transfer some the, of my life energy to it, and it just heals." The- the thing that sets this up, if we rewind even more, sorry, everybody, <laughs> we're like kind of all no, over the place. Um, it doesn't, she's like, you know, it doesn't hold together super great. So it's kind of hard to talk about it in a narratively coherent way. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second, because I think maybe we could break it out into like a couple chunks. But the thing that sets this healing thing up is that like Ray... While Finn and Poe are, like, more on the, like, resistance mission side of things, Rey, at at least at the beginning of the movie, is training to become a Jedi under Leia. And she's, when we see her, like, she's pretty powerful. Um, Yeah, she's she's coming. She's coming along in her training, and she's, you know, doing these obstacle courses and stuff. And Leia is training her, which I actually really liked. Leia is training her, and... The things, the thing that trips her up is that she is being relentlessly stalked in her mind by Kylo Ren. <laughs> so, in addition to relentlessly stalking her in real life, like across the galaxy, yes. he's just like in her head all the time, which is an extension of the Force book chatting that we saw in uh, Episode Eight. And, and it is are... just as provocative in this movie. Yes, Hello. I mean, okay, so so maybe would it help if I sort of like. Um, broke it up into like maybe a couple different ways that I like a couple different. Yeah. Please, I've obviously I've made a mess of this, please. No, it's not. Look, I mean, I think it is cuckoo bananas, like all over the place and you're just, <laughs> and a lot of it is like a giant scavenger hunt. But I think the way that I looked at it was, you know, the a plot or like the meatiest part of the plot and the plot that I think worked the best is again, the relationship between Ray and, uh, can we say Ben? I guess we we're saying, saying Ben. 100%. Yes, it's the part that works the best. 100%. <laughs> so, Rey is training to become a Jedi. Kylo Ren is ordered to by Palpatine to destroy her. And he is relentlessly, as we said, relentlessly stalking her. She is fighting back. They Their force connection is growing stronger and stronger to the point where they can fight each other like in the last movie we saw them like touch hands for a second when they were in the in different places and that like was a huge deal in this movie they are literally like fighting each other in different environments and affecting each other physically in those different environments it was super cool it was just like the cinematography was was very cool that was the best they are like fighting each other in you know there's one part where she's on his star destroyer and he's on a planet and they're fighting and they um, knock over Vader's helmet, and that's how he figures out where she is. There's another part where she's where they go to um, the place where they find this dagger. They um, go to this like, you know, the alien version of the holy festival in India, basically. And um, she's wearing this necklace, and he grabs it off of her, and that's how they like analyze it, and that's how they figure out where she is. But they are really really amping up like these two are connected and that is like the biggest deal like palpatine at one point says like we have not seen a connection like this in the force 
for thousands of years. And, you know, the he he delivers, uh, Kylo Ren delivers the truth about Rey's lineage or, you know, it kind of pains me to say the truth about her lineage because I'm not thrilled I about know. this. But he basically says, you weren't wrong that your parents were nobodies, but they did that to protect you because it turns out you're a Palpatine. And she's like, oh, dip. And he's like, don't you see? I'm a Skywalker. You're a Palpatine. We are a dyad in the Force. We are connected. I'm sorry. Did you see the emo Kylo Ren tweet? Join me. Come to the dark side. Our relatives were colleagues. Mm-hmm. Our relatives were colleagues. And she is... Ray is really, really, really struggling with the fact that her blood is a part of this, like, uh, you know... super super destructive force in the universe and Kylo is obviously struggling with the fact that like you know he's he is basically cosplaying as a evil guy (laughs) like but he's sort of his lineage is more complicated and the two of them end up you know having multiple showdowns and then the end really being there for each other in a way that I thought was great that I won't you know, we will spoil it, but I want to save that for Marissa to talk about because I I think this was sort of the climax of things. <laughs> <Ben>. <laughs> um, so there's so that is the stuff that I think, you know, other than Ray being a Palpatine, which I think is you know kind of difficult, kind of like, lame to yeah. to reconcile. Yeah, kind of lame. Their relationship is the strongest part of the movie. The rest 100%. of the movie. So that's a. And then B is, as Marissa was talking about, this quest for the Sith Wayfinder um, and where that Which takes forever and it's like three different yeah. planets and it's like, ah! Well, it's sort of, it's the same thing in 8 where they have all these sort of macguffin kind of yes. plot lines along the way. But in 8, the whole point of all these plots were that every single one of them failed. This one was more like, it eventually led them where they needed to go, but it just sort of felt a lot like a lot of um, action sequence after action sequence after action sequence to get to something that like, maybe they could have done this in a more economical way, but it's the, it's the resistance basically finding out that Palpatine is back, finding out that he has what he calls the final order, which is, I guess final solution was a little too on the nose. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry for that joke. But but he has the final order, which is basically going to wipe out the resistance once and for all. The resistance finds out about this. Every star destroyer he's created has like planet destroying capabilities, which like, sure. Which is such an unnecessary escalation. Okay. I mean, one of the things that I heard when the, when the sequel trilogy started from another podcast, I forget the name of it. It'll come to me. But one of the podcasts was saying, like, people are annoyed that, like, Starkiller Base is basically just a Death Star, but bigger. But, like, in truth, like, that's that's nuclear proliferation. That is, you know, uh, it, it, okay. it, it, it makes sense to me that 30 years later, it's like, it's just like, oh, more destructive capabilities, bigger, longer range, like that kind of thing. Like, that kind of rings true to me, because that's what we're dealing with now. That's fair. But, that's fair. Uh, we hate movies is the podcast. Sorry, I had a brain mm. moment. But anyway, so the rest is so like the the B plot is Poe and Finn, not Rose. We'll talk about that. Poe and Finn with Ray kind of going on this quest with C-3PO to find this dagger, to find the Wayfinder, to get the coordinates to Exegol so that they can go 
in their like little rinky dink resistance ships and go blow up uh, all of the star destroyers, which seems like a crazy plan. Yes, and also uh, Lando Calrissian comes back, and so does Wedge Antilles for like a hot second, and. Uh, so yeah, there's that sort of like, how are we going to take down the way that I always look at Star Wars and the way that I think uh, the thing that's followed a lot of these movies is that you have the main character that has like a much more emotional conflict that is central to this like larger story. And then you have a space battle going on at the same time. And so certainly... Seven had that, certainly eight had that, nine had that a lot. And and even the, in the original trilogy, they did the same thing, you know, like uh, Luke. Oh, was I mean, that's the, that's the whole, the end, that's the end of six, right? It's that's just the end of six. Palpatine sitting there like, behold, your friends are these, yes. it would be the end of them. Look at them, they're being blown to smithereens. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, shouts to Ian McDermott for just like dining out on this you character me, for 30 years you told me he had a great time right mm-hmm. shooting this yeah I, I i watched an interview with ian mcdermott where they were like how was it to reprise Does he this look like a normal person in real life and he looks like an old british dude so yeah okay, i mean cool. he has like white hair and stuff but yeah he looks like a normal person you know he was like oh i you know he had a great time he was like, I really enjoyed working with Daisy and, and Adam because those were the people he was in scenes with. You know, he basically was like, I got the call. And JJ was like, how do you feel about bringing this character back? And he was like, sure. <laughs> like, but like, <laughs> What's he going to like, say? I mean, just. No, like, I don't on- care to have $30 million or whatever they put. I mean, like, that's the thing. I mean, how much money did they offer him? And. Also, just, like, shouts to him for being in, like, every single piece of this trilogy, in this, what, what do you call a n- three a trilogies? Ten, uh, like, wait, a, 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 a nine-ilogy? A, tri- a, a, a nine-ilogy, yes, that's <laughs> obviously it. I don't know. Anyway, so then, so the, the obviously the, the emotional side of things is the Rey and, and Kylo relationship. And then the um, sort of, like, space pirate kind of, like, everybody's <laughs> shooting at each other. Really, really big, really, bi- really, really big battle scenes are happening at the same time. And that's Poe and Finn and Rose slightly. And uh, Finn is also, uh, starts to realize that he's Force-sensitive and he meets a band of, on the planet where the... Death Star has crashed. They meet other um, former child soldier soldiers of the First Order who have rebelled and put down their weapons. And so they become part of the resistance. Um, and it just sort of culminates in this enormous battle where all these other people come and help and evil is defeated, question mark? Yeah, that's a, we got to get into that too. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I think, but does that sort of, does, does breaking it out into those chunks make a little bit of sense? Yeah. So let me, let me close the loop on the Kylo Ren slash Ben plot line. Yeah. yeah. So we get the signpost early on that Ray has this force healing. It's like a light side ability, this force healing ability. 
and she can heal this like random snake that's got a wound and then it leaves them alone. So then when they are on the planet with the Death Star and Kylo Ren appears out of the rain and I did turn to you in the theater and say, you must allow me to tell you how admire, uh, how ardently I admire and love you, which of course yes. is a Pride and Prejudice reference because he, he comes out of the rain looking like Mr. Darcy, you guys. He like. super does. He super does. <laughs> so he and Ray are having this lightsaber battle. He doesn't really seem to be giving it his all, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but it's like, it's a it's a dangerous, you know, it's like a slippery metal surface, basically. I and kept, poor Daisy Ridley had to do that in, like, a tank top. I was like, girl, are you okay? <laughs> this seems like you should, you're cold. <laughs> you seem cold. Anyway. I'm sure they were, like, in a warm studio, you know what I mean? They, were, yeah. they weren't actually out on an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So, at so I don't exactly remember what the order of events is, but Leia from across the galaxy kind of like senses that Kylo is about to do something very stupid, right? Because if, <laughs> if Kylo kills Ray uh, in this moment, like it, it's over, right? Like it's super, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is super over. So I think what happens essentially is that she kind of uses her. Whatever force ability she had, which is considerable. I shouldn't downplay yes. that. But she kind of uses the force to, like... I don't... Does she go to lie down to die at this point? <laughs> is yeah, that what so happens? She, yeah. So she... Maz Kanata says, like, it will take all the strength that Leia has left to reach her son right now. And she, they are fighting uh kylo and and ray are fighting one another and leia sort of reaches out to ben with her mind and also it seems reaches out to ray because i think that's right because ray stabs our boy (laughs) in the chest (laughs) and the gut man in in the the gut gut. in the gut in the gut with his red lightsaber yes i think importantly with his lightsaber stabs Ben and then has a moment where she is shocked out of what she's just done. And she says, Leia out loud. And okay. Yeah. I didn't remember that. (laughs) And Ben is like slumped down and you turned to me and you were like, he looks more disappointed (laughs) than stabbed. (laughs) Which is a joke that I stole from mystery science theater 3000. I should say. (laughs) And, um, he, she, she sits down with him because through this battle, he said to her, like, you, there was a point at which you wanted to take my hand and you should have done it. He's taunting her. Mm-hmm. He's like, come come with me and, you know, we'll rule the galaxy as, you know. Husband and wife? Pe- uh, <laughs> question mark? It was, yeah. Question mark? <laughs> you know. And I kept uh, turning to you every time, every time, every time, <laughs> every time. Uh, Kylo Ren and Ray were together. I just kept turning to you and saying, Noah Bombox, a marriage story. Yeah, that was the funniest thing. <laughs> because there were so many, there were so many emotional moments between the two of them. That were just like, yeah. Yeah. So he, he has said, he keeps, uh, has said to her, like, you wanted to take my hand. Like, now's the time. What's stopping you? Blah, blah, blah. So she stabs him. He's like, you know, uh, slumped more, over. More disappointed than stabbed. And she 
heals him in that moment, then says to him, like, I did want to take your hand. I wanted to take Ben's hand. And then she, like, leaves. She she forks off with his ship, is what she does. Yeah, oh, that's right. (laughs) She leaves with his ship. She leaves with his ship, and she, she flies his ship to... Skellig Michael, which is uh So he must have he he does tell her he tells her during this rain battle, this I must you must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire I love you. He does tell her like you're a palpatine because that's why no, she flies he te- off. No 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 he tells her that. Yeah. No, no because he tells, because, mm, because he tells her that Luke. while they're on he tells her that while they are on the Star Destroyer. Oh, okay, but it's earlier. Okay, it's yes, earlier. It's earlier. It's, it's yeah. A, so it, she are, it, so Ray at this point, Ray knows that she's descended from Palpatine. Yes, she knows she's a Palpatine. And before Ky- Kylo Ren shows up, she has a battle with Dark Ray, who says to her, uh, "Don't be afraid of who you are," which is an echo of something that Leia said to her at the beginning. Of the movie, don't be afraid of who you are. Is Dark Ray like what is Dark Ray? Is that just like a? Is that just like the remember your failure in the cave situation? Like yes. it's just a, yes. I think that's exactly it's just a force what it is. It's, thing. I don't know. So it's like it. It's an apparition. It's like this is what you could become if you went down this path. And so yeah, she she uh, flies off in Kylo Ren's ship, and she flies it to. Octo, I think, is the Skylake Michael. Um, Who cares? And it's, she the Porg, bur- it's the Porg planet. <laughs> the Porg planet. She basically burns up. She, like, sets his ship on fire and is like, I'm never leaving this place again. Our boy Luke comes out and says, like, As a what force are you doing? ghost, Obvi. As a force ghost. And says, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm never leaving here again. I can't be on the throne if I'm... I can't be on the Sith throne if I'm just, like, here chilling. So I'm just gonna chill here forever. And he's like, yeah, uh, turns out I was wrong about chilling here forever. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> they need you. Um, and do-do-do-do, here's my X-Wing fighter from the original trilogy, which I thought <laughs> from was the great. Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, exactly what he says. Um, did you... Meanwhile... Did you get the sense... Wait, did you sense that when mark hamill was given the script that like he had to say the line out loud like yes you're a palpatine that he was kind of like do i really have to say this <laughs> like, uh, well, I, I just there's I, something about the way he said it that i was like oh he did not like having to say that line <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i don't think uh, like i really wonder how that went over on set um mm. but yeah i mean and i think importantly he says to her like Leia knew that about you too. So Leia is dead at this point, but she has, she is, she's, she's, she's doing, but she's dead. Yeah. So she's doing the thing of like, I think, I think this is, oh boy, this is another episode of Marissa gets things wrong about Christianity, but like, (laughs) there's something about, (laughs) it's, there's something about, I think it's Mary's mother, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that that's exactly right, but there is someone in like the early Christian canon who like remains corporeal after death. And I remember like the phrase like is redolent of roses that like 
and that's kind of the situation that Leia is in where she she seems now we don't see her body which is good because that would I would not be able to handle that but she's covered over no. with like a like a shroud yeah. and you get the sense that she, that that her body is kind of like in stasis or like not that not that somebody like put it into stasis but there's some sort of force magic happening here where she is sort of like you know that her body is sort of like perfectly preserved at the moment of her death and that she's just sort of hanging out and waiting. <laughs> Does yeah, that sound I mean, right to I, you? Yeah, and I remember when she when she dies, I remember thinking to myself, why isn't she disappearing into the Force, as we've seen with so many other of our Jedi Masters? Why isn't she disappearing? And I think they actually handled that quite well, which we'll get to. Um, but Mark Hamill has to say to Rey, like, Leia knew you were a Palpatine and she trained you anyway. Mm. And so, you know, because there are some things that are stronger than blood and you should go, you know, your friends need you, your friends are your family, you know, that kind of thing. Did you get the sense that Finn also knew she was a Palpatine? I did not. Okay. But that's um, fine. If that's, if that's, if that's a retcon, someone wants to slap on it. I don't know. Because he's force sensitive, so I'm just wondering. Because there's a point, because he's fighting, at one point he fights with Poe, and he's like, Leia and I know what Ray are what Ray's dealing with. And Poe is like, well, I don't, because I'm not Leia. And uh, Finn is like, like, you're no, right, you're not. not. And it's like, very weird, that like needless tension between the two of them. <laughs> Sexual tension. I, I, I got the sense that it was more yeah. like, that Finn understands the the like new order or whatever the first order that was the sense i got from it but who knows and who cares yeah um and then so at the same time so the last thing i'll the last like i think not the last important thing but the last thing about this sort of like battle on the the death star bridge is that harrison ford appears to his son oh uh yes so after ray forks off with (laughs) kylo's ship Kylo's just hanging out in the rain, sad and alone, and probably thinking, "Well, how am I getting off this planet now?" <laughs> and then Harrison how did Ford, get off that planet? I no idea. No, they are not closing up any open ends. Don't don't ask. And then yeah, Harrison Ford shows up and is like, "Hey, kid, we miss you." And he's like, "You're just a memory." Me me me. And you know, he sa- he says like, "It's still not too late to come home." And we have this sort of mirror of Episode Seven where he says, "I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it." And he throws his lightsaber into the churning seas below the Death Star, and somehow gets off that planet alive when there are deserting First Order people like waiting for them on the shore. I don't know how he gets. Yeah, off planet never alive. explained. <laughs> never explained. <laughs> So, so somehow, the big showdown. Also, also Kylo Ren crushes the Wayfinder. I still have no idea how she gets to Exegol. I don't. So I guess she gets I don't care. To, I do know how she gets to Exegol, which is there are two Wayfinders. He had one in his ship. She was going after oh, the right. other one. So she, as his ship is burning, she rescues the second Wayfinder and use puts it in Luke's X-wing, the, X, the X-wing, and right. flies to Exegol, and I guess it's R2-D2 is like, beep, boop, boop, like, 
the uh, Luke's X-wing is back online, and they're like, "What?" And so then they—that's how the resistance. That, it would be like Google. opening up AOL Instant Messenger and been like, "Bluetooth, like Luke yeah. is online, like what?" Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Creek, <laughs> like wait, what? <laughs> What's his away message status? Uh. Nothing Kylo's that's would be loved. let the past die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Luke's would be like, nothing that's loved ever really dies. What does he say to Leia? Uh, n- no one's ever really gone. Yeah, that would be his. That would be his way message. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just creak. <laughs> um, so, and they're like, oh, it's it's Ray, and she has Luke's X-wing, and she's flying to Exegol, and let's follow her. Okay, I guess that's how this works. <laughs> You don't yeah, need a wayfinder. So, you just need to follow somebody who has one. Sure, whatever. And which, if, so she, which, if that were the case, like, couldn't they have snuck a tracker onto what's his face's Tie Fighter? Because he went to Exegol. Could we, I mean, look, none of this. <laughs> again, my top line reaction: none of this makes any sense. <laughs> none of it makes any sense. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they they get to so Ray is in her on her own, and she goes to see Palpatine. Yes. And meanwhile, the rest yeah. of the resistance is like riding shotgun, you know, like on her tail. And they do this thing where they like get there, and and they're like, we have to call for help, and it's like nobody will come. And then obviously somebody comes, which I I didn't love that either because like at the end of Episode Eight, the whole thing was like there is nobody left. Right, that like we have whittled yeah. down the resistance to this tiny band of people, and at some point they kind of do ask for help, right? And nobody appears. Yeah, and it was sort yeah. of this at the end of eight. It was kind of this like you see the little the kid with the broom, and it's sort of like you're to understand that there will be more people in the future who will be able to help them, but like right now there's nobody, and then we just completely ignore that in this <laughs> in this movie. Because they put out a cry for help and it's like everybody shows up. So if anybody watched Doctor Who, it was the episode of Doctor Who where uh, all of time was contained in a single moment and Winston Churchill was hanging out with dinosaurs and uh, River Song puts out a call to the universe to be like, everybody who loves the Doctor, like, come hang on up. And and, and they do. Like, that. it felt very, like, kind of uh, tropey sci-fi to me. But in any case, like... The whole universe shows up to help uh, defeat this secret band of Star Destroyers on Exegol. And so there's like this typical kind of dogfight stuff going on. And there's like kind of a MacGuffin here too of like, oh, if we destroy like the basically the GPS that they're using, then they won't even be able to fly away from Exegol. So all the Star Destroyers are like networked to each other or something. Which I look, I I, I was like, look, they need a, they need like a, a, uh, like a peg to hang like their dogfight on, and I'm not mad at this one. It's fine, but it's just all this like very standard dogfight stuff kind of going on, and uh, there's a kind of a cool couple of close calls. You think Finn is going to sacrifice himself, and then they save him. There's a lot of near sacrifices, right? There's like Chewie allegedly dead. No, he's fine, and they save him. C-3PO sacrifices himself. They back up his memory. Finn tries to sacrifice himself. And then they, like, pick him up at the last moment. You know, it's a little bit, you know, it's obviously playing it safe a little bit. It's playing it safe. And I also wonder how much of that is, like, well, we want to, like, continue these stories for these other characters. And, 
you know, like, will Poe and Finn show up in, like, a Disney Plus series or something like that? You know, as boyfriends. (laughs) God. Well, and, I mean, this is something we haven't even touched, and, like, you know, I think we need to get to, like, the the ultimate moment. But, like, just as an aside, they try to have, like, some kind of, like, former love interest... Yeah, former heterosexual love interest for Poe, and I swear to God, it does not read at all. It is just like, (laughs) you know, Oscar Isaac has chemistry with Carrie Russell, but because he has chemistry with the entire world, and... He is very obviously pansexual. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you almost get the sense that they're like, well, we need to dissuade people from thinking that Poe is gay, so like, let's give him like a woman who he used to be with. And it goes so far as to have him say at one point, like, can I kiss you? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) uh, this doesn't make me think that he's straight. It just makes me think that, yeah, he's pansexual or he's bisexual or he, you know, or the reason she says no is because she's like, well, you obviously have a thing for this guy over here. So I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Um, Right. If we haven't, if we haven't been extremely explicit, like between... Finn and Poe, this entire movie, there is a lot of sexual tension. A lot. lot of sexual tension. And both of the actors have said since, like, yeah, they should have put us together in the movie. Yeah, I mean, Oscar Isaac has been very vocal about the fact that, like, he's annoyed that Disney wouldn't go there. And they've been playing it as a romance since episode seven, and I think it works as a romance, and I think they should They also try to give Finn, they try to give Finn, like, they've tried to give him so many love interests. They tried to give yeah. him Rose in the last movie. That did not take, obviously. They tried to give him one of the the leader of the um the former child soldiers. They tried and, and he's just like perfectly affable to her, but there's absolutely no chemistry. Yeah. And arguably they they've been trying to give him Ray as a as a potential partner for the entire trilogy, and it never comes across that way. It always comes across as like they're just BFFs. You know, yeah, she, they are bros. The, the two of yeah. them they, the two of them were the first, like, human beings that the other one ever really, like, knew as adults after their terrible ordeals as children. And they've always, like, they're always bonded over, they have these horrible lost childhoods. Uh, yeah, and they're bros. And the, you never get the sense. So there is this one moment where Finn's like, Ray, I never, when they think they're going to die, he's like, Ray, I never told you. And then it never comes back. I mean, it. It comes back in that Poe keeps needling him about it, which just keeps elevating the sexual tension between yes. the two of them. Yes, absolutely. Because J.J. Abrams it, has since said in like a panel that like Finn was going to tell Ray that he's force sensitive, which is like sensitive, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Nice try. And JJ. also, arguably, she would know. She would know that he's force sensitive, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's not something that you're like, I'm so embarrassed, I can't say it, I can't say it in front of Poe, I can't, like, come on. Ugh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Poe, Poe in that, in those moments really comes off as a jealous lover. Yes! So I think, and I think there are a lot of fans that are disappointed in the fact that, like, they did not get together. Oscar Isaac and John Boyega are disappointed that Disney sort of, it seems like Disney just wouldn't let them go there. I mean, this is what we have fan fiction for, but like it really, it (laughs) muddles a lot of things where they are, it's almost like they introduced like Carrie Russell's character, Zuri, does not need to exist. And nope, they had this like whole sort of side quest. That's another one, by the way, that's another one where she gives Poe a token. It doesn't, it's another MacGuffin. 
and it prevents her from getting off that planet. Later, a Star Destroyer destroys that planet. You think she's dead, but no, again, you think she has sacrificed herself to the cause, but she shows up at the end somehow, some undescribed way she got off the planet. Am I now up to four characters who attempt, yeah. who that there is like an alleged sacrifice, but oh, JK, everything's cool. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if that is like a an ad, you know, I think it's... I do wonder if it is an adverse reaction to, in the last movie, we had multiple characters sacrificing themselves, and we had so many casualties and so many deaths that I wonder if they felt like, oh, we can't do that this time. And also, the deaths in this movie, which, you know, we will, I think, have to get to shortly, get to, like, the ultimate scene in this movie, but... I wonder if it is the sort of, like, the deaths in this movie have to be contained because they are meaningful to, like, the emotional beat of, like, the the more emotional part of the story, which is Ray goes to see... First of all, we have Leia, who has sacrificed herself and is sort of her body, as Marissa said, is kind of in stasis. And then, as Marissa was saying, Ray goes to Exegol and uh, basically shows Confront. herself to... Right. Palpatine. She confronts Palpatine, who is surrounded by a choir of ghost Sith people. Uh, I read a really I funny guess. tweet that said... I had no idea that, who that was. Yeah, I read a really funny tweet that says, The Sith choir splits are What is that? Soprano, alto, tenor, bass, 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 So... Yeah, it's funny. Come on, guys. So, yeah. So there's this. It's a very. It's, it's honestly, it's a. It's a really drawn out thing that happens. I, the core of what happens, I I like, but there's kind of a lot of like cruft on it. She goes and she's like, obviously not super pleased with him. He's like, yes, you're my granddaughter, and I, you know, I paid a bounty hunter to go find you and kill your parents or whatever. And yes, you're so angry and like strike me down and I will take over your body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, one of my best friends said to me like, I feel really bad for Palpatine because he's always trying to convince people to kill him and nobody ever will. <laughs> right? He's been <laughs> he's been all of Return of the Jedi being like, strike me down and I will be cut. Right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, take your lights. <laughs> like nobody will ever do it. <laughs> Secondly, and then, and then so Palpy. he did do no, it, no, no, and no. it. Turns out he survived. Right. Listen, Palpy. Listen, you got to work on your pitch, man. <laughs> if you just said to Ray, "No, no, no. Oh no, don't, don't hurt me, don't kill me. You could really kill me with that lightsaber of yours." Then she would have done it, and then you could take over her body. Like, why are you telling her? The thing you're gonna do, yeah, it's not a great, Why? It's not a great sales pitch. <laughs> the, so the one thing about his pitch to her that I thought was actually affecting was, you know, he opens up the skies and is like, uh, you know, look at your pitiful Again, little again, just it's like the, the third movie of the, the last same, trilogy. It's the same. It's the same. Look at your pitiful band. Blah 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 blah. If you join, and it's the same thing that Snoke did to her because, as we find out, Palpatine created snoke palpatine created you know what does he say to kylo i'm every voice that's been inside of your head yeah we Um, should talk about that okay and but he says like if you take up the mantle of becoming empress 
you can call off the dogs and you can save your friends. But Which can I thought was she? Interesting. Can she? Because he's going to possess her. Like, I'm just not convinced that that is true. <laughs> right. So she, but she's about to do it. She, she is about to do it and she's about to surrender herself when our boy, <laughs> Ben Solo, <laughs> Rides hey, up do you Exegol. like my do you like my sweater with a hole in it? My girlfriend su- gave it to me. <laughs> a sweater that he got at the Gap, and like some dark jeans. He Runs looks fine, in. y'all. He looks. I fine. mean, he looks great. He looks. Adam Driver is super hot in this movie. Um, I mean, he's and well, he always. <laughs> Yeah, always. and he and he runs in. He runs in. He mows. He he. He well, no, a lot of he gets, he's surrounded, you know, he's surrounded by the Knights of Ren, which, A, where did they come from? <laughs> Great question. B, they're featured a lot in this movie. Right. Boys they're, to Ren. They're supposed to be his boys. They're featured a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to be his boys, and all of a sudden they turn on him once he, you know, has thrown away his lightsaber. So he is surrounded by these guys, and it's hilarious to me that he at no point was like, I should probably get a blaster. Like, I threw my lightsaber he, No, he, he had a blaster. So he comes in with a, oh, blaster, a blaster, and he manages to get past a couple of the guards by shooting hey, Crayola. <laughs> and then And then he is disarmed. His blaster is somehow taken away from him, and then he is surrounded by the Knights of Ren. And this I loved... This I yes, love this was because, really cool. Because Ray has Luke's lightsaber, and Ray also gave Luke Leia's lightsaber. So we've they no did, other they way do around. Some... Other way around. Oh, you said yes, Ray I'm gave sorry. Luke. Yes, Luke sorry. gave Luke Ray gave... Leia's lightsaber. Yeah, which so is not Leia... something we've ever seen before, right? Right, right. So at least in the movies. So so Ray has both of these lightsabers, and she takes. One out, she takes uh, Luke's lightsaber out, and she kind right. of and, like and, and it uh, looks to Palpatine. It. it looks to Palpatine as though she's about to do the thing he's asked her to do, which is to strike him down, and he'll become more powerful. Bloody, bloody, blah. Right, and instead, because their force connection is so strong, she reaches behind her with this lightsaber and hands the lightsaber through space to. Kylo Ren, who is surrounded by... I think we should probably call him Ben now. I think he's back to being yes, Ben. Yes, Ben. Yes. Hands it to Ben. And this I thought was really... I actually did find that really affecting because, like, that is the lightsaber that he wanted in Episode 7. And he tried to get from her and, you know, it flew past his head and, and she got it. And that is sort of like his family legacy and I you know it I, I think it means a lot for him to fight and come to her side. I mean, Leia's would also be his family legacy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think the fact that the that that was the lightsaber in episode seven that he was like, that's mine and Finn was like, yeah. come get it, you know. So he this I loved Ben, like, gets the lightsaber, kind of, like, shrugs a little bit as if he's about to be like, oh, well, sorry for you guys. And then he just mows down all of the Knights of Ren in this, like, incredible sequence. And then he runs to Rey, and they are both brandishing their lightsabers at Palpatine. And then Palpatine monologues at them for a while and is like, your and connection this, and it is didn't... so strong. 
It didn't make any sense, yo. It just did not make any sense. It was like, oh, a force dyad. Oh, in in that case, I can just suck the force dyad energy from you. It just we're just making things up now, right? Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, you're you're like, oh, you know he. He's like, your life force, like, the life force between you is so strong, and, like, that will replenish me, or, like, that's the feeling I got. And so he basically sucks, he, he's like the, um, witch from Hocus Pocus, (laughs) and he's sucking the life force out of the two of them, and he throws, basically, like, casts Ben into, like, a pit somewhere, and... They're big into that. (laughs) Yeah. And um, big into pits, and then <laughs> Ray kind of wakes up and has this moment. This I liked as well, and I have seen in some articles that apparently they were. She was supposed to have some Force ghosts of previous uh, Jedi actually uh, uh, appear to her in this moment, okay. but instead they decided to do everybody's voices. So like Hayden Christensen was supposed to be in this movie, or was was rumored at least to have filmed some stuff where he I liked so, the voices. I liked it being the voices. I thought that was me too. restrained. Me too. So they have voices from the prequel trilogy, from uh the original trilogy. They have voices from Star Wars Rebels. They have voices from Clone Wars. They have voices from sort of all over the like cinematic and telematic galaxy of Jedi talking to her. There's like Old Obi Wan, young Obi Wan, young. Uh, you think Anakin. they got? Would they get like Ewan McGregor to yeah. do an Alec Guinness impression? Yeah. So they got Ewan McGregor. They got um, Samuel L. Jackson. They got Frank Oz. They got Freddie Prince Jr. They got Hayden Christensen. They got I think uh, probably not James Earl Jones because you know because that would be Anakin. <laughs> so they got all these different voices to come back, and they got a couple women too. But I don't. I just don't remember the actors come back and say like we are with you we're inside of you stand up these are your first steps you're a jedi like we're we're with you we're in you and she's she's lying there saying be with me be with me which was the thing she was saying at the beginning at the training with leia where she was trying to get the the spirits of the jedi to be with her and it wasn't working then but it's working now right i mean and i think it is sort of canonical and correct me if i'm wrong but i think it is canonical that the, that the force will come to you in a time of great need. And so it makes sense that all of these Jedi are rallying around her now. And I mean, Ray's gets... entire life is a moment of great need, but whatever. That's true. Maybe a moment of great need, like, for the galaxy. <laughs> and so she rises up and he says, Oh, you think you can defeat me? I'm all the Sith. And she says, Well, I'm all the Jedi. And she crosses... Luke and Leia's lightsabers in front of her. It's very much like um, the uh, gauntlets from Wonder Woman. And she crosses (laughs) the lightsabers in front of her. And Palpatine is force lightninging her. And then the lightsabers are absorbing it. And they throw it back at Palpatine. And he melts. (laughs) For real this time, though, apparently. For real this time, you guys. And... You know, what has been happening on Exegol is is affecting the, the Star Destroyer, or, inf- uh, sorry, affecting all the, the re- uh, resistance ships, but all of a sudden they come back online, they are able to defeat the Final Order, and then we have, I'm going to let you take this next part. <laughs> 
So, so the 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 strain of of what she has done has killed Ray, and she is lying there dead. And you cut to Finn being like, "Oh my God, Ray!" Like he feels her presence leave you know the mortal plane or whatever because he has the force to some degree. Uh and Ben kind of crawls out of the pit. By the way, I think Jenny Nicholson pointed out he has not a single line of dialogue from the time that he throws the lightsaber into the sea to this moment here. He has not a single line of dialogue. But I actually <laughs> thought this last stretch was so well acted. Like, he didn't really need dialogue. I know. It's just, it's a little bit funny. So he kind of goes over to her and he sees her dead body there and he kind of makes a decision and he puts his hands over her heart and sort of transfers life energy to her and she comes back online. (laughs) It's really, it's actually kind of neat how they managed to really subtly, I'm sure it's done with CGI, you know, to sort of like change the coloring of somebody, but it really did look like she kind of came back to life. Yeah. And she like wakes up and she looks at him and she just gets this like, beatific grin on her face and she goes Ben and she sits up and she gives him this huge kiss and he grins and falls over dead (laughs) the end (laughs) (laughs) well not quite the end (laughs) it's not the end of the movie but it's the end of the best relationship that these the best like plot thread that these three movies have ever had right yes I agree uh, can I just interject here that we came yes. home after seeing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and our mom is sitting there being like, girls, how was the movie? And then we're like, mom, we're not going to spoil it. And she's like, I just need to know what happens with Kylo Ren. And I am my fi- <laughs> I don't say a word, but everybody who knows me in real life knows that I have whatever, whatever the opposite of a poker face is, is what I have. That's like a... What is that? A, is, that a, is that a slot machine face? I have a slot machine face. <laughs> <laughs> you and have Brand a, you can't like, even go into the casino face. Like, yes, yes, you have. Right. I'm not allowed at the casino. Brianna is like, Marissa, get out of the room. Leave the room. And I'm just like looking at mom with this expression. And mom's like, what? Kylo Re- wait, what? And she's just reading my face. And I'm like. But I'm not even no. making a noise. I'm just, I'm giving you guys the auditory representation of what my face is doing. We're just, and mom's like, oh, he dies? <laughs> and Brandon's like, Marissa, get out of here! <laughs> We're treated to another room at that point. <laughs> And I was like, but then Mom, she then I... she followed then she followed me. She's like, but but. <laughs> so at this point in the movie, <laughs> yeah. So if we can go back to the movie, Kylo, or I'm sorry, Ben, having repented and smooched his force dyad girlfriend, <laughs> dies, and his essence you know disappears into the force and his it is body this... it's, it's a it's a body he's a body his he's body, got, his, body sure. his his body disappears into the force and at this point leia's body also disappears and i cried when i first saw it i Aww. cried at that point and i also i the other time i cried was when chewbacca finds out that leia has died because he 
falls to his knees and sobs in the way that a Wookiee sobs. He's just like vocalizing and it's, and it's very, very, and my friend who I, who I saw, one of my friends who I saw it with, like leaned over to me and was like, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like if you think about in the first trilogy or in, in the original trilogy, like, the princess, you have to take care of her. Like, I'm sure that's what's right. echoing in his head, in Chewie's head. Like, that he has taken care of her, looked after her for so many years, and then he goes off on this mission and she dies. I'm sure he feels, um, you know, uh, bereft uh, losing her. And so the, I did cry at that. And so Leia, you get the sense that, like, Leia's at peace Ben has finally, you know, reunited with his mother. He's finally kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they the resistance bros all reunite. The three our three main characters hug each other and then Ray, you know, goes back to Tatooine with BB-8. Which doesn't make no, any makes sense. No sense. Not a bit of sense. It, ma- it makes sense slightly for Luke, but not really at all for Leia. Um, Has Leia and... even set foot on Tatooine ever? Uh, yes, when she was enslaved by Jabba the Hutt. Oh, good point. Yeah, not a good memory for her. No. And so, you know, she's like burying their lightsabers and this like old lady Which, comes why? So I mean, was... lightsabers are really hard. I mean, it's like, it's like burying like a like a what's a really rare thing that there's not very many of <laughs> like an enigma machine <laughs> like it's, sure <laughs> it's like burying like a really important sort of it's both a historical artifact and also like a really precious thing of like a culture and like why is she doing this yeah that i i was sort of i i got the sense that it was supposed to be like we're putting this chapter to bed but like and she, her lightsaber at the end is yellow, so I'm I don't call entirely gold. sure. But like, you know, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to signify. We haven't seen a, a gold lightsaber before, you know. And a woman comes ar- around and is like, "Hey, who are you?" And she was, and she's yeah. like, "I'm, I'm Ray." <laughs> and this lady's like, "Ray, who?" As like, who cares? <laughs> And she yeah, says, Jenny Nicholson was like, all of a sudden in the Star Wars universe, everyone is very concerned with surnames. And she says, Ray Skywalker. And she looks and, and Luke and Leia's force ghosts are like looking after her. And, you know, I did see someone on, on Twitter say that they liked that part because it sort of emphasizes like found family. And, and the woman who was tweeting about this said that she you know, came from an abusive home and uh, changed her name to reflect her, like, I guess, foster family or her new family that she had been adopted into. And she said that she really liked the fact that this movie was, like, sort of giving some visibility to the fact that, like, you know, your family is more than your blood and you can kind of change your identity to match kind of more what you feel. (laughs) It is but, kind of an amazing, it's like, it's kind of amazing to imagine the conversation of like, Ray Skywalker, oh my god, are you related to the Skywalker? Are you Darth, are you related to Darth Vader? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm actually related to Palpatine. <laughs> like, there's just like no right. good way that conversation can go. Also like, no, but my dead boyfriend was <laughs> like, um, 
Yeah, and so that's the end. And right, there wasn't anything after that, was there? I mean, there's a lot of partying. I think that's before the lightsaber burial, though. What is what? Sorry, pa- partying like yeah, partying. yeah, part. Oh yeah, the Ewoks are partying. We get a little shot of the Ewoks partying. Again. Yeah, a lot of fan service. <laughs> a lot of fan service. Chewie gets a medal also. <laughs> if we're talking about fan service. Maz Kanata just yeah, hands him weirdly, a when, apropos of nothing. When Leia goes and lies down to die, the thing she takes with her is her medal from the end of episode four, which is like, why would... What? <laughs> why? Oh, is that what she takes with not, her? Yes, it's not like a locket that Han once gave her or like a lock of Ben's hair. It's her medal from when she was like 19 and she sat tensely in a room while other people blew up the Death Star. Like, What? <laughs> makes no sense okay. yeah so i mean we we've we've gone on a lot you know we're over that's kind of what the people point. are here for oh geez yeah bro. i mean i feel like i still I mean, have a lot to say so do I. <laughs> I i look i'll say this i i i am not thrilled with the fact that they decided to make ray a palpatine i think it, it's probably the thing that people have the most issue with it really does genuinely feel like a retcon um i think i would have uh, traded I, it for a finn poe relationship if someone's like we're gonna have Ray be a palpatine but also finn and poe get to be boyfriends i'd be like sold <laughs> go for it yeah i mean i i think i think the the criticism is just like yeah gosh like they tried to do something different in episode eight and granted like episode eight is pretty uneven but the the one thing that we one of the things that we really really liked from that movie was the fact that like Ray was from nowhere, um, and she found this family as part of the resistance. And I think you could have had a movie that was similar to this, where you know the Palpatine could understand that there was this very very powerful child in the universe, but it was yes. not a dynastic thing. Like, right. I think it you didn't could have, have to be his granddaughter. Situation. It could have just been there is a Sith prophecy that there is a child so powerful in the Force that she can receive the spirit of a Sith master and and cause the Sith to live forever. And and we know all this information about her. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. prophecies all the time in this universe. Just make it a prophecy that this child will be born of no one. And yeah. Anakin like, was a prophecy. It doesn't. Yes, exactly. And it yeah. also, like, Palpatine... There's no reason for Palpatine to be so powerful. Like, the reason that Anakin is so powerful... Now, again, we hate the prequel trilogy, blah. But <laughs> the reason... El- <laughs> the reason Anakin is so powerful and his kids are so powerful and his grandkids are so powerful is that he is a, a virgin birth, right? Uh, he is the product I of... I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. <laughs> That he is the force got his mom pregnant. There's no like, that's right? Oh my there's god. There's no, yeah. Sorry, but that's the truth. And like, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no indication that there's anything similar for Palpatine. Like, why would Palpatine even be comparable? Why would the Palpatine line, quote unquote, I'm making big air quotes with my fingers. Why would the Palpatine yeah. line be anything like the Skywalker line when it's basically being like, well, <laughs> like we're we're putting Jesus's scions up against like Moses's scions or whatever. It's like, well, Moses was just a guy. Like he ended up being chosen to do some important stuff, 
But he was just a dude. And meanwhile, it's like, no, Jesus was like, it was supernatural, right? Like, there's a difference there. I wouldn't even... Marissa doesn't understand theology. (laughs) But I wouldn't even put, like, you know, the Palpatine line at the same level as, like, a Moses. Because the thing about, and again, we hate the prequel trilogy, but the thing about Palpatine is that the reason why he's so powerful is because he, like, worked diplomatic back channels as part of the Senate. Like, he was a chancellor. He was supposed to be, like, Hitler, right? Like, he was a chancellor before he became, and he allied himself with the Sith, but he was... For all intents and purposes. It's basically it, Mitch McConnell. He's Mitch McConnell. Yes. Like, yes, he's Mitch It's Mitch McConnell. McConnell's grandkid versus Jesus's grandkid. Like, how do you think that's going to play out? And so, you're right. I mean, I do... I think they could have... There is nothing... I, I don't think... There, I, I think people could have gotten on board if, if it's exactly what you said. That there is... The way that there was a prophecy for this child who will bring balance to the force, which was Anakin, there was also a prophecy many, many years ago about a child who was, um, you know, meant to be like, you know, very powerful on the dark side of the force and... You know, all of these, the all of the Padawans that they've been training, they're secretly, like, throughout the generations, they've been secretly testing them to see, like, are you this child? The way that in the Matrix, right, they go to the Oracle and they got all the kids in the waiting room. Same mm-hmm. thing. And you could have had it be that, you know, Ray was, you know, maybe found very early on because one of the things that I watched I rewatched um Rogue One through episode 8 before I saw episode 9 and one of the things in episode 7 that really struck me was like she has when she looks at the light at Luke's lightsaber like she has a vision of Kylo Ren killing all of the young Jedi and I had thought like oh my gosh was she there Like, no, granted, Mm. it's a vision, whatever. It doesn't have to mean that she was there. But he also, in that, in episode seven, Kylo Ren is like, he knows about her, right? Because there's that one scene where the guy is like, hey, they got away. And he like messes up the console, right? And he says, what girl? So he knows there's a girl out there that means something to the Sith or means something to the Force, right? He already knows. So... All they had to do was say there was a little girl who came from nothing, who was at this, you know, at this training Jedi camp. school. She w- yeah. At this Jedi school. She was the only survivor. And we put her on Jakku. Like, her parents came from nothing. Her parents were filthy junk traders. We can keep that. We put her on Jakku to keep her safe from Kylo Ren because she was the one who survived. And maybe she survived in that moment because she channeled some like serious force energy and they were like, Oh my God, she is the chosen child. Mm, Yes. 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 That's all they needed to do. They didn't need to make it so dynastic because I think you're right. A lot of people are like, you know, Palpatine is a politician more than anything, right? He became a really powerful emperor, not because he was stronger in the force than anyone, but because he was strong in the force and he had the politician, the political skills to work his way up in the ranks. And he happened to, like, his strength against Anakin was not that he was better at him in 
like Jedi versus Sith capabilities. His power against Anakin was turning Anakin slowly and slowly to the dark side by playing on Anakin's insecurities. That's much more of a political move than it was anything else. So I do think that they could have basically had, like, I don't mind that Palpatine came back. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it either. And and I think one of the things I kind of liked about Palpatine being back is like, I didn't need a backstory on Snoke. Snoke could just be a guy, but like, but like, it's interesting to me to imagine like, oh, the thing that, that turned Ben against Luke and against, and that, and that drove him to commit this horrible act was like Palpatine kind of manipulating his mind from afar. I mean, that does kind of give what to me is a fairly satisfying explanation for why, because the whole like Rashomon thing in episode eight was good, but it's like, okay, so if Luke almost kills you, that certainly is a reason to maybe hurt Luke and run away, but it's not a reason to kill a bunch of children. (laughs) Right. right. Well, and it, and well, it would have been, you know, uh, it would have been a mirror to what Palpatine did to Anakin. Or not a mirror, but it would have been a, a, a continuation of what Palpatine did to Anakin. But again, that was not uh, Palpatine, like, besting him in battles and saying, like, you know, come over to my side. It was this very subtle, like... I mean, look, unless I'm completely misremembering, but like, it was much more like, let me dig at you emotionally. Let me stoke your anger. Let me stoke your insecurities right. and, ultimately, and, and your fears. And the, the the final blow for Anakin is that Palpatine lies to him about his wife dying before the children are born, right? I mean, that's like Darth Vader thinks his kids are dead. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. And Palpatine knows, but... Uh, right. Anakin doesn't know like he thinks that his wife dies you know and I don't does he even know she's pregnant she he does he does know she's pregnant okay so he thinks that she dies I guess take the I I don't remember it I'm not gonna go back and watch but like his you know his blow is his Palpatine's final blow is like hey your wife is dead like and and you know all hope is lost when the reality is like she birthed two babies and then she died of sadness which is a thing that ladies do in the Star Wars universe (laughs) <laughs> she's lost the will to live <laughs> don't try the thousands of dollars with the medical equipment what is your what degree, is your in, degree poetry? in poetry um <laughs> star wars robot chicken everyone but yeah i mean I, I and i think that would have been an interesting mirror to have it be you know he says to to kylo ren at the beginning i'm every voice you've heard in your head and he changes his voice so that it is snoke and it is james earl jones which i thought was interesting yes but it does right, so if mean kylo that- genuinely believes he's being visited sort of by the spirit of darth vader and it, it and it actually makes more sense that like palpatine is kind of doing darth vader's voice because like there is no spirit of darth vader like that entity doesn't exist anymore like an anakin skywalker right. is not coming to him in the night being like go kill some children like right i mean look, make it's the Anna, same it's mistake maybe I he is <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, make this and and I actually thought initially that in this movie, instead of, you know, I, I had mixed feelings about Han coming back, but 
I thought initially a couple of friends of mine and I were like batting around the idea that like Hayden Christensen would appear to Kylo Ren and say, don't do what I did. Don't make them as like you venerated me for years. You, you want to honor my memory, but you don't understand that you are honoring someone who I was too fearful and I was too insecure and I made so many mistakes and I lost everybody I loved because of it. Like, I don't think Han was the person to, like, get through to him in that moment. I think he, like, you know, he's based in episode seven, he's, like, looking at Vader's helmet and going, like, please help me resist this call to the light. If if you're going to bring all the Jedi back in this movie, I think that that piece of it was really nice at the end with Rey, but... I think, in, you know, you could have had a moment where Kylo Ren is visited by, as much as I don't like the prequels, by, by Hayden Christensen before he, you know, totally turned to the dark side and said, look, I went down this path and it brought me nothing but pain and suffering. And I don't want that for you. You are and a really the, cool costume. And a, and a really cool costume. I don't want that for you. All you need is a sweater with a hole in it. Go get your girl, right? <laughs> like, I think they could have done that. I, I, I think they could have... I, I, I think you're right that the the pal, putting the Palpatine lineage up against the Skywalker lineage in the end doesn't make a ton of sense. And I kind of wish that they had kept Rey's lineage as she's from nowhere, but she happens to be very strong in the Force because... I think that touched a lot of people. And look, if you want to make it be another, like, virgin force birth, like, I don't care at this point. (laughs) Right. like, make it make sense. Right, right. Or her parents were, like, you know, neglectful, junk-trading alcoholics, but they happened upon this, you know, like, the way Moses was found in a river, right? Like, they happened upon this baby. Oh, that they're, like, adoptive parents? Yeah, who knows? I mean, like, whatever. But, you know, they they could have, like, or if you don't want to get into, like, well, where did she come from? And maybe we want to, like, leave it open, uh, you know, like, maybe she has adoptive parents who treated her badly and gave her up. Like, there are, and there are also, there are plenty of adoptive parents in this universe, right? You look at Owen and Baru. Like, look at Bail Organa and his wife. Like, there, it, it, you know, there are plenty Jimmy of Smith's adoptive... in the role of a legend. <laughs> You know, there are plenty of people, plenty of examples of adoptive parents in this universe that I don't think that would have been out of character either. So I think that does take something out of it for me. But I still think that the Ray and and Ben relationship is the is the primary relationship and, and works the best out of anything in this movie. Absolutely. I like Finn being force sensitive. I also like the implication that the reason that he was able to leave his brainwashed child soldier unit was because he was force sensitive. That's like, it's yeah. kind of an, like, because I think that, I think that's the implication for all the sort of desertees that they find. Yes. Cause yes. they're just like, Oh, we just got this weird feeling. Right. And, and so that's a really interesting thing to kind of have like as a jumping off point of like, Oh, you know, there's a ton of force sensitive kids in this universe. That's always been true. They're not they're not able to be Jedi, but they're force sensitive. And like what happens when you are uh you know like a bunch of mass murderers who 
collect up children like from everywhere like you're gonna end up with a bunch of force sensitive kids that you accidentally recruited and like that's who's gonna be your deserters that actually makes a lot of sense to me i i like that me too i thought that the i mean there's so many plot holes in this movie probably the biggest is that they treat this like they have finally won when all they've done is destroy a fleet that they didn't even know about before the movie started (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's still a whole other... <laughs> there's still a whole other... Like, this it's was not like just the like First the Order bonus. doesn't exist anymore. Right? right? I mean, this is as if, you know... I, like, I, don't, even, I don't even want to draw parallels to, like, real nations and real uh, armaments. But it's just like... They, they It was like a bonus fleet that they had under the couch cushions. And they blew that up. And now it's like, we're pretending that they didn't have... I mean, like, look, (laughs) at multiple points in this movie, they're like, okay, activate the troops, the local troops in this area. And you see that there's stormtroopers everywhere, all over the galaxy, in every system, there are, like, local stormtroopers there to, quote unquote, keep the peace. And it's like, what? So we blew up the Emperor's, like, specialty fleet. Like, so what? Okay, there's a there's a case yeah. to be made that we've lost the Emperor, we've lost Kylo Ren, we've lost General Hux. By the way, General Hux gets killed in this movie, who cares? And we've lost, like... <laughs> and we've lost this other general who didn't exist before this movie, but is, like, important in this movie, who was in Doctor Who. Uh, so we're yes. going to call him Doctor Simeon, uh, or the Great Intelligence. Like, that having lost all those figures like okay that's definitely a blow but it's not it's not like oh we've 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 really you know we've destroyed like there's still a zillion d stormtroopers blanketing the galaxy right and you know these stormtroopers as we know are not clones who you know it would be one thing if you had like you know a clone army that like they were all networked together and so then once they stopped getting orders they just sort of like all deactivated or whatever it's a much different thing when you have like individual people who you've brainwashed like you know do you think that they're gonna stop you know doing the day-to-day work of being stormtroopers if there is like a momentary lapse in like who's at the top of the food chain like yeah it doesn't you're totally right that like people's day-to-day lives are still going to be affected by the empire because or not the empire sorry the first order because the first order at least in name still exists and so you know how do you kind of how do you get rid of that and and also the resistance has lost much of its old guard leadership too. And so you have like Poe is really green in this movie. Like he becomes a general and like he's not very good at it. Like and that's fine. <laughs> and that's fine, but like you basically have somebody who's like super green now having to like then be like, "Oh, well, yeah, how do we clean up the first order?" That's just uh, completely not even addressed. They don't they gloss over that totally. So it's a Look, this movie's kind of a mess. It just is kind of a mess. It's, and I think that we can kind of zoom out and talk metatextually about why it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess because they hired two different, two completely different teams to do episode seven and episode eight. And then for episode nine, they mostly reverted to the episode seven team. 
And it's clear that there was a trajectory that people wanted to, that the seven people wanted to play out for seven, eight, nine, and then it got derailed for eight. Not, you know, it's not derailed in a bad way, in my opinion, but derailed. And then when they were trying to make nine, they didn't seem to be able to just kind of throw out everything they had planned for the initial arc and be like, okay, we gotta, you know, we gotta take what happened in eight and move it forward. Yeah. They didn't seem to be able to do that. They seem to, for whatever reason, feel the need to revert back to their original plans in, t- in some way, right? I mean, a lot yeah. of this was obviously like, let's ignore everything that happened in the last movie. Almost. I mean, let's like, say- that's why Rose, that's why Rose barely exists in this movie, because she didn't exist yeah. in seven. She's new in eight. And the people who took over for nine were like, she, I don't know her. She's not my character. She's, you know, she's going to get sidelined. I mean, sidelined is even overstating how much she was in the movie. She was barely in it. So that's one reason. And the other reason. It's sad. Yes. And the other reason that you have in the notes is like Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that to me is the hardest thing that like, I remember after she passed away, um, J.J. Abrams uh, talking about the fact that uh, when they were shooting episode seven, she came up to him and was like, episode nine has to be my movie because oh wow, they, they were going through it. So if you look at, I think, I think you're correct about the original plan for seven, eight and nine. But if you look at seven, eight and nine, the way it was supposed to be seven is the resolution of Han's character. Eight is the re- resolution of of Luke's character. Nine is supposed to be, or was supposed to be, the resolution of Carrie Fisher's character of of Leia, and she went up to JJ and was like, Nine is my movie," because and he said if she had lived, it would have been. Mm. And so let's not. By the way, can tra- we not, can we just time out? Can we not let Disney off the hook here? They forced her to lose weight to be in the new trilogy and. There's a non-zero chance that that weakened her health to the point where, you know, it, I'm not going to say it caused her death, but it may have contributed to her death and like, screw everybody who tells actors and actresses that they need to lose weight to be in movies and TV. Right. I remember it's, her being very critical. I remember being, her being very critical of them saying like, you know, they, they didn't want me. They wanted, you know princess leia and princess leia had to look a certain way right they didn't want right. carrie fisher they wanted and so the sad truth is that we will never know what this movie could have been and what the emotional arc of this story could have been had she been you know jj abrams had filmed some stuff for episode seven that they didn't end up using and so that's whenever Leia's in this movie she with one exception it's all stuff it, it's it's all stuff from episode seven that they are reusing. So they wrote scenes around the footage of her that they actually had. Which doesn't really work. It works. In my opinion. It works slightly. I think it was a good workaround. But it means that you had to have a lot of other characters filling in information that, you know, they could have just gotten from Leia you miss a lot of the emotional arc between her and Ray. You miss a lot of the emotional arc between her and Ben. I mean, could you imagine them actually having... Like reuniting. Like, yeah, like a reunion moment. Uh, could you imagine them, you know, having, being able to 
actually or, or being able to have her actually like get some real resolution as the character who arguably has sacrificed the most she lost her adoptive parents she lost her biological parents she lost she's lost her husband she's lost her brother she's lost countless of her brothers in arms over the years she lost everybody in the senate in episode seven she lost all of alderaan in episode four she's lost so many people in episode eight to the point where she is fatigued by all her losses and she says that out loud And for her character to not be able to have a satisfying resolution because, sadly, Carrie Fisher passed away means that we really miss Leia's emotional triumph, even in the midst of all of this loss and sadness. And and I think that from a meta perspective, like, I don't... It's terrible, yeah. I mean, and I don't don't blame... Or I don't uh, envy, I shouldn't say I don't blame, but I don't envy anybody on that writing team trying to figure out a way to close out her character arc with what they had. Right. They probably had pieces of paper on the table with every single piece of dialogue that they had available from her. And it's like, figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. Things around this and figure it out, which is terrible. And like. The alternative was un- the, uh, the the alternative was unthinkable. The alternative was that they try to CGI her into this movie, and they do that in one scene where it's young Luke and young Leia, and it looks awful. It looks awful, and like this might be a minority opinion because I don't hear people say this a lot, but young Leia, both in this movie and young Leia in Rogue One, it just turns my blood cold like i can't like ooh, no 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 very uncanny valley in rogue one yes in this one i think it was like dark enough and kind of like shadowy enough that it didn't bother me as much but again that is a scene that they had to have out of necessity because or in in their line of thinking it was a necessity to show that and that is luke narrating a scene like, they had to bring Luke back to fill in gaps to explain certain for things. Leia's because, story. Yeah. Right, for Leia's story. Leia was not the author of her own story. You also had Billy D. Williams, like, filling mm-hmm. in the gaps and saying, like, this is how we did things back in the day and we had each other. Like, never mind that Billy D. Williams' character, like... Was a okay, traitor. Right, like, sure, he was a general in episode six, but he gave them up in episode five. Like, he was a traitor to them. This deal is getting worse all the time. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm sorry I couldn't do better, but I got my own problems. Like, that's the person who Poe is like, how did you do this? And he's like, well, we had each other. Like, that should have been a conversation with Leia. Harrison Ford coming back and having this emotional moment with Ben, I don't think would have happened if, if Carrie Fisher had still been alive. Because I think the emotional beat that really mattered was between Leia and her son. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I you're right. The alternative was unthinkable. I, I don't know what else necessarily they could have done, but I feel like the rest of the movie was so messy around her that mm. it it also makes you wonder, like, well, how much other, like, plot craziness did they throw in because they couldn't craft a narrative around Leia the way that they wanted to. Yeah, so, you know, kind of a mess. That the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So next week, The Good Place comes back. We have had some questions on the Facebook page about what we're going to do when The Good Place is over. We, we don't know. <laughs> Y'all. We, have no, I, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> like, in life and in this podcast both, we don't know what we're going to do. No. I strongly I... suspect that this will be a much more satisfying conclusion to The Good Place than we had to the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to The Good Place coming back. And yeah, we don't know what we're going to do, but (laughs) (laughs) I almost like, I almost don't know what we're going to do because I'm kind of in denial about the good place being over. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough, it's tough to contemplate. (laughs) We'll get through it somehow. But uh, I think we should cut this off because we've been talking a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to edit this whole podcast. (laughs) Seriously. So, um, uh, you know, from our force dyad to you listeners, <laughs> happy new year. We'll see you next time, Jedi Masters. saw it opening night and then i saw it again excuse me i have uh, to i have to i have to scold my cat shut up shut up is like his he's his the cat is in the cabinet again i'm gonna murder this fuzzy ass mofo get out get, 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 get. talking about Palpatine like he's in the cabinet again I was like oh are you talking about the Galactic Senate no you're talking about a cat climbing in a cabinet so 